0: My name is Jeff Thompson.
1: And I'm Jordan Mann.
0: We are the writers
1: of Pump Up the Volume, Jawbreaker, and Trails.
0: And you're listening to Musical World.
1: I'm Noel Cash. I know you like
2: to hear that. This is Denise Wright, composer of Emerald and the Revolution of Etty Loring, and you're listening to Musical World. Hey, I'm Stephen Cole, the mayor of Musical World, who has been to the Middle East and done musicals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's time to listen to Musical World.
3: I have with me on the phone the mayor of musical world, Stephen Cole.
1: <laughs> oh, mayor! I've, yeah, I've been I've been I've been out of the scene for a while with you because i yeah. been a little busy, a little busy getting shows working and on and you know always working on. I it's funny I work on several things at the same time usually with because you sure. never know what's going to boil what pot is going to boil.
3: Sure, but, exactly.
1: So I know you know what that means. So it's, it's been a, an interesting, busy time. And uh, my newest show that I've been working on with, with David Crane, you know, who I did Road to Guitar with.
4: Right. And
1: that whole, the, went to the Middle East. You know that, like 10 <laughs> years ago now?
3: Oh, God, that's not possible. God,
1: time is flying, yeah. Oh, my I do God. this little one-man one-man version of the show, uh, where I, I do stand-up and tell the whole story, and I'm always shocked that it's 10 years ago. <laughs> wow. wow. So we, we came up with a new original idea for a show, so we've been working on that, and we did a table read with some great people and made a demo, and it's, it's called By the Book, and it's, it's my original story, which kind of asks the question, have you ever wished you were born in another time? Oh. And I think some of us have.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, I know I have, because it really came out of conversations that we have a lot about. Well, you know, as as musical theater writers, wouldn't it be great if we had been born earlier and could have just gone out to Hollywood and done all the MGM musicals? <laughs> so so I took these two characters uh a, a guy and a girl, a guy's named Garson, and the girl is named Alice. And and she just hates the 21st century. And they go to this restaurant in Grand Central Station called the Super Chief Dining Car, which is an exact replica of what the Super Chief was like, the train. Yeah. And the train starts moving west and back to 1949. <laughs> she gets her wish. and And it's kind of what happens when you get your wish. And you get to 1949, and MGM is blossoming and blooming, <laughs> but also there's a big downside. The, the blacklist is happening, yep. and there's anti-Semitism, and there's and there's anti-feminism, and TV is taking over. So the movie business is going on on a downswing in the fifties too. So it's really interesting, and 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 her her boyfriend who she you know who loves her so much sort of gets caught in the middle of her dream being dragged back across country because he <laughs> loves her so and how do how do they react to that whole thing so it's it's kind of exciting and big <laughs> it's MGM. it's got to be big <laughs> it's big it's big but it's but it's romantic and it's and it's interesting and it's and it's totally original which is kind of uh Unique for these days.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> based
1: on a movie. I was going to say, and
3: it makes it great later on to to sell movie rights.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it would make a wonderful movie. And it's called it by like the it. book because she he gives her a book for her birthday, which is a memoir of a of a very obscure lady screenwriter that she wanted to read, and it turns out that the memoir is really her. In the end, uh-huh. but she winds up staying in the past. I shouldn't tell. I was going to
3: say. Now we, <laughs> now we all know.
1: Now we all know. I know. Well, it's all right. It's all right. We'll see how we're, she gets and we're there. Really, at an early stage with it, because we have, the, even the table read we did, uh, we had fabulous actors, but we didn't ask them to learn the score. We did it, and uh, so that's.
3: Oh, okay. so,
1: yeah, that, that's where we are at at the moment. Ready okay, to move on.
3: <laughs> and and that's with uh, David
1: with david crane absolutely and i'd I'd love for you to hear because we we literally uh went into the studio and did an old-fashioned type demo where we're singing it And, and, (laughs) and, and i had a wonderful time doing that so there's 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 a couple of numbers that i'm really proud of and there's one one that is a production number called good company that takes place after a premiere of a movie, not the premiere, the uh, sneak preview of a movie that they make with Ann Miller called The Sewing Girl, which is about Betsy Ross tap dancing all over the flag. <laughs> <laughs> and so the musical number, so it's a bomb. The The, the preview is a really big bomb, oh, and no. they're out drinking at a bar, and they <laughs> decide... They've got to fix this thing. They've got to be like Camden and Green and singing in the rain and do good morning or they have to be in the bandwagon. <laughs> and so because all of their references are MGM movies. Right. And even the ones that haven't been made yet in 1949. Oh, <laughs> man. So, so that's so I, I'd love for you to hear that good company number.
3: OK, well, let's go ahead and give it a listen.
5: Yeah. No. We'll emulate our idols, Comden and Green. They wrote, or will write, the best movie musical turnaround moments in the biz. And we're going to live them. You know? A variation on the scene where the plot turns on a dime, where they get the great idea and save the day. I'll be Comden, you be Green.
2: Aren't we all the time? Yes,
5: but this time. Now think of it, because this is exciting. This time, we're the heroes in the movie that we're writing. And we're in good company, good company Gene, Debbie, and us Their film's a flop Disaster is a warning. They figure how to fix it, then they sing Good morning, good morning, good morning So all we have to do is do it too Do it to who? Just tap around the set Until the reel is through Ah! Numbers, Tighten up the story. We stage the finale, then, then ride, ride the, the road, road to glory. glory. Thank you for my Oscar. What an honor. All that we're missing
0: is, is Arnold
5: O'Connor.
2: Cosmo. Bet you never thought I had all this
5: talent, did you? Nancy, nothing about you surprises me.
2: So our movie's a disaster. We can fill the void with celluloid and plaster. Someone, Someone has to. to. Why not us? We'll reshoot, rewrite. It's got to be right. Artsy, tuneful, witty. Before anyone sees it at Roman's Chinese or it's played at Radio City. City. Wow, you broads are good. Good, 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 good company. We're in good company. Fred, Nanette, and us. Fred, who? The show's a bomb. Fred saves it, that's cause he's a no-nonsense kinda pro. Who knows I love Louisa? I love Louisa, Louisa loves Good Company. When you're in good company, this rule you gotta heed. Besides good luck and some good real estate is all you really need I'm so excited I took notes did you take notes do you think I got this trolley horse from lifting a martini we'll fix it like we fix a show only better oh gar I'm excited again what are you all doing plotting how to fix the picture does killing Ann Miller and replacing her with a human being figure into your plot are we allowed to do that why not we're MGM aren't we Metro Goldwyn-Murders, brilliant hair director. And since we're dreaming, let's dream. So our movies flop flopola. We can stop the flop with rum and Coca-Cola. Why not roll a little joy? It's A.J. A J. We'll retake, reshoot, and then once we shoot it, full of gods and mocks. Gobble Twins, twice. Did you guys like the picture? Not since birth of a nation. Did you write that one, Sam? Yeah, he did. And you stole the treatment and turned it into Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. You know, A.J., if you'd followed what we wrote, then... Guys, guys, we know it stunk. You do? I never heard a writer say those words. I think it's against union bylaws. And we're gonna fix it. You know how? No. We do! Observe the three basic needs for man Food, sex, and the compulsion to rewrite someone else's movie So after the credits, when the flag
5: unfurls You cut to a line of gorgeous girls in, in, a, a, nightclub. in a nightclub In a nightclub? In a nightclub in the, in the 1700s Sure, a nightclub's always good Then Ann Miller has a reason she should tap Tap on, on what? wood No, wait a minute, it might not be as mad as it may seem And the nightclub dancer in the present then gets knocked on the head And has a dream She dreams that she's a seamstress with no sweatshop and no boss. She dreams that she's Betsy Ross. That way we'll have her cake and still can
2: eat it. A contemporary costume picture. What can beat it? You like our idea? When there's nothing holding you up, grasp any straw in sight. A toast to the new sewing girl! What would we do without a good company, good company, good company, very good company? And with good company, you needn't jump an even higher hurdle to succeed. Cause good company and a good lawyer...
1: and i having a great time in the studio <laughs> you don't get you know i i love to sing it but you know you know it, it took a lot for me to make david open his mouth and do it because he's a brilliant piano player and arranger and, and composer he,
3: he doesn't like to in public or
1: he doesn't really like to sing so much but but we have a blast when we do it together and, you know i kind of he says that I, I I sing too loud next to him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs>
1: I'm a loud boy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah.
3: They can fix and that in the studio.
1: The the, the the other number I wanted you to hear though, is 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 a solo for me, and it's short, and it's it's uh, called your name, the name on the door, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of proud of it for two reasons. I love the song, and it's very very. The music is so. Hollywood of that period and film noir and okay. jazzy. The whole score is very jazzy, and uh, <laughs> and and because I, because I think I sing it so good, <laughs> that's why I wanted you yeah. to hear it. All and right. It's all about the scene. is It's a it's a, uh, a a screenwriter producer type guy who is has been subpoenaed to go and appear before the house on american activities committee and, uh-huh. and mgm uh, sends him off to be to testify in washington and while he's gone they're gonna they erase his name off of his door which Uh-oh. is kind of what happened and so that's what the, the song is about what does it feel like to have your name erased <laughs> uh,
3: and and, and i'm well i i won't ruin it i'd cause I don't even know but I was going to ask you a little bit more plot stuff like you know is is he thought to be a communist but I won't I won't go there well
1: far. you know what everybody everybody at that time I've done a lot of research and I love the period everybody at that time had some kind of past uh hollywood in the 30s was kind of every everybody had some kind of past with communism mm-hmm. and even though they're not anymore that's you know that it was very paranoid period yeah. and and it and i guess the thing the thing that uh the big question for this character is will he name names or will <laughs> he uh lose his job forever so I won't give you what he does, but uh, it's it's a big moral dilemma that was going on then. I find that whole part of the show fascinating.
3: Okay, well, let's go ahead and listen so here's to... Here's
1: name on the door. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. Hey there, Mr. E.
2: I didn't notice you there. Ralph, right? I'm impressed you remembered. We haven't talked since I painted your name on this door five years ago. How's the missus? As far as my divorce lawyer and I know, she's doing very well sorry about that. And this. Your name on the door, painted so neatly, can be scraped off the glass completely. The painter arrives and works till he's through. When your name disappears, so do And A.J. can suddenly wake up And once more be Abraham Jacob Your ego flies right out the door From whence it came And a door's not a door anymore Without your name Well, that's it. All done. Yes. Sorry, Mr. E. Oh, not to worry, Ralph. I know how names come and go around here. Keeps me employed anyway. Hope to see your name back up there soon. Me too. Your ego flies right out the door from whence it came. And your choice is always the same. To close the door or get back. You're neatly
1: painted.
2: Name.
1: Yeah. I like how I sing that. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> I had a good time doing that.
3: <laughs> and and like, I'm assuming like, David is playing uh the piano. Oh yeah,
1: David's always at the piano, yep. always uh yeah, I, I, I think I think this score is a, a wonderful breakthrough fam. I'm really excited about it. So, I mean, our next step we want to do you know real reading where people have to actually learn the songs and uh, get a get a big director on board. And we've been we've been sending it out a little bit and seeing yeah. what we got. And and of course, more rewrites. What else do you do?
3: <laughs> oh well, I mean, I I'm one of those that I'm always wanting to rewrite. Yeah I'm always finding something that can be changed.
1: I don't love to rewrite but but you're always finding something new if you if you're smart to fix but I know I know we're at an early version now where even though it's I know I've done six drafts of the script I still call it the first draft until until we have actors and a director and something some other input, so it's very interesting.
3: Yeah, that's that's true. It would still be the original draft.
1: You have in your head what you want the show to be. This has been this has been a tough one because it's so original and and has to be historic, but it's also. Uh, a little bit of a, you know, certainly a fantasy. The idea that you could get on a train and go back in time, sure. And 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 that and, and I've made rules. I mean, the rule. It all happens only on, on our heroine's birthday when she makes this wish, and she gets a round trip ticket, but she has to come back the next year on her birthday, or that's that. <laughs> ah. Where she's stuck. So that's when uh, yeah, the, 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 the big the big decision has to happen, and, uh, and 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 it and it affects the love story, which is kind of interesting too. And, and she's a very ambitious woman. She's she's also I I I've cr- think in Alice I've created this interesting character who feels more at home. In the past in one thousand nine hundred and forty nine because as a feminist and as a, a very strong, powerful woman, she likes being the only one she likes being the original <laughs> rather than today, where it 's like oh yeah okay fine you can you can be a writer <laughs> yeah,
3: then, but then... but you run into yeah. issues with changing history and
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. But to me, I made her a cross between Betty Comden and Kay Thompson, the two major female people at MGM. And we actually do this really fabulous Kay Thompson number, Not, not one of hers. But you know Kate Thompson from from mm-hmm. Funny Face movie, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and but she had this nightclub act with the Williams brothers that was a sensation in the early fifties, and so we wrote a number that alice and her partner garson supposedly wrote and they sing it at gene kelly's house in the movie at a party and it's called naming names and it's very it's comden and green writing a Kay Thompson <laughs> number, and it's all about how she's going to name all these names in hollywood <laughs> and, and go to go she's going to the house on american activities so it's a big nightclub act type thing with boys and we had a blast writing that one. <laughs> a lot. I'm bad. Yeah, bet. and we and I'm still I'm wait, we're waiting for that to cast this role because this this is a star role and I don't even know who who we really want. We're kind of thinking Laura Benanti. <laughs> she she's got the spark and the spunk and can can be funny and and crazy and sing well and so we'll see we'll see. Well, I, I <laughs> can't wait to. You know, some, yeah.
3: I can't wait to see more on it and get the news and go to New York and see it.
1: Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> or anywhere. Yeah, I mean
3: you know, we'll go we'll go other places but New York's fine. New York fun. is not
1: the only place as you know. <laughs>
3: oh, no, because, no.
1: So, uh, I mean in fact, in fact, you know, just just last year I was getting ready to go to Chicago. Uh, to do this concert reading of the Black and White Ball, right. which was very exciting, because that, that was in, I think it was in January or February. I know it was very cold.
3: <laughs> well, that would so be January or February. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, how
3: did that but, go?
1: It was great. It was just great. I mean, it, it was with we a premier attraction of this a uh, new group called Forward Theater, FWD Theater Group. And they they chose out of like a hundred musicals, five to to do as concert things. First and so first last fall we went there and they did one big kickoff concert. We had two two three numbers actually from our show done and it went really well. And then they chose us to be the first show that they would do. So we we Went there. Todd Ellison is the composer. Todd is now okay. conducting American in Paris. on All Right. Broadway. At that right. time, he was just getting involved with it. Actually, they had been in Paris then, and I am. I was so proud, and it was it, it was spectacular. And the audience, we had a real audience who paid for tickets, as opposed to like coming to a reading. It was a real concert right. in in a place called the City Winery, and it was. It was fabulous. I couldn't have asked for more. They got every laugh and more than the show. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen it go over like that. Was fantastic.
3: So, uh, Chicago is and, a great theater town too. It's.
1: Yeah, it was just t- t- top talent. Yes. And this one girl who at that time was 15, now she's 16, uh, Ariana Burks, w- they found her because it's really about this 16 year old girl who wants to go to the black and white ball, from Capote's ball in 1966, and because she thinks it'll really be a black and white ball and and change history. And, and she's-, she's wonderfully naive, and her name is Emma. And she and Truman Capote share this amazing adventure because he kind of takes her and turns her into his own personal Eliza Doolittle to go to the ball <laughs> and but it 's about race and it 's really and about their relationship and about two real outsiders because truman was was gay of course, and right. was a real outsider from alabama and and he was making this fantastic party. Really, it was kind of the last great party of the 20th century. It's coming up to its to its 50th anniversary next year, so we're hoping they have a production then. But this kid, I tell you, <laughs> I feel like I've discovered gold, and she's doing very well in Chicago. She works all the time, and she is the most delightful, innocent, sweet girl who has voice of death and can really act.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and so this was the young lady that was on the the
1: yeah uh, yes, recently they yeah. asked her to be they were doing this show on Windy City live on ABC in chicago and on 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 talented children and so they had her on she's she 's sixty she 's almost not a children but uh, she looks young and she, and and they chose they chose for her to sing uh our eleven o 'clock number from uh, black and my boy one night. <laughs> So, uh, you,
3: you can't buy that stuff. You can't.
1: <laughs> and she, she was amazing. It was really exciting to see her on TV do it. And But yeah, uh, we I'll, can hear it.
3: I'll try yeah, to if you want. And And I'll put a link to the video in the show even notes. Even better. Even yeah.
1: better. Uh, because actually, she's not on any of our demos. She, you know, we have live recordings of her. Because when we did it in New York, we didn't have her then. When we had doing right. demos, so we may we may just replace her on the demos. We had a fabulous singer who was was a little older. Than her. <laughs> so it's very very. Exciting, and our next step for that, we we want to we've never really exposed it in New York, and do do something here splashy and bring her up here. She she wants to come do it, and her mother will bring her, and then and 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 find us uh, some kind of star Truman Capote. I don't know who that <laughs> is. <laughs> Maybe
3: you mm-hmm. can tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I don't know, maybe, our, uh, listeners great, some,
0: uh, maybe
3: our listeners will have some great parts, maybe our listeners will have some suggestions,
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it would you know these days to to get people in a room to pay attention to a new musical, you have to have a little angle, and having a name attached to it would be nice. Uh, We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's, or just somebody great, but at the same time, it's it's all about getting people in the room in New York. Right. Because there's so many shows, even though we don't see too many original musicals anymore on Broadway. Uh, Which is a shame. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of shows out there, as we know. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of talented yeah. people <laughs> who are trying to push their, their stuff. Right. So you have to figure out a way to stand out a right. little. So, and I don't know about you, but it doesn't get easier.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it just seems like the struggle gets harder every day. But
1: yes. it's
3: still when it's something you have a passion for, you just keep working at it. And...
1: Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to see my agent today later in the day, and I'm going to uh, sit down and say, now what? <laughs> <laughs> get my shows on. <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for?
3: Do you have anything from uh, Black and White Ball other than? Uh...
1: Absolutely, you know. I, I wanted you to hear my my favorite song from that, and it's it's actually it's sung on this demo by Jose Lana, who just finished playing the King and The King and I, and uh, now he's a little too old for the part. <laughs> uh-huh. But what we did we did it in a reading. He actually looks very very young. But this is this is Emma's little. 16 year old boyfriend from her neighborhood in Brooklyn and it's a song called technicolor and it's kind of I, I started writing it about my childhood a little bit but then it became so much more about his character and it's it's about how he becomes an artist he's he's an artist and he actually creates the mask that she he wants her to wear to the ball and 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 he's Everybody in this show is kind of an outsider And he's a little outsider too In being an artist And so this is how he found his art And it's a story, a personal story About how he and his grandmother Would sit and watch TV And watch old movies And even though they had a little black and white TV He saw Technicolor okay. So that's that's the song, yeah
3: Okay, well let's give it a listen
0: Saturday night at the movies Mama and Dad Out for their Saturday night Grandma and me Caught in the glow of the Motorola Watching Technicolor in black and white Cinemascope Shrunk into 17 inches Couldn't reduce what was our favorite delight Grandma and me Viewing the vams Drinking Coca-Cola Watching Technicolor in black and white Rushing after school for the 4.30 feature Hurry up, it's starting Your homework and wait Leo the lion was roaring When I'd walk in Leslie Caron Leaving her love On the London Bridge Leslie Caron Oh, where have you been? Grandma and Eating our dinner with Crawford, Rosie and Bing Hoping our days will be bright Grandma would say Look at it Mikey, the world's your oyster In technicolor and she was right Imagination is what it taught me I saw the color that wasn't there Imagination is what she bought me I saw the orange of Lucy's hair And the crimson dress, the clung to stichery. When she danced with Fred Astaire, I saw it, I swear. The of the sun, the blue of blue skies, the TV screen was shades of grey, but a rainbow burst before my eyes. What a great Crayola surprise. the late show, falling asleep, waking in time for the light, grandma would say, you're as graceful as Jean, as funny as Jerry, as handsome as Dean, grandma is gone. But if I close my eyes real tight, I can see her sitting on the Castro convertible, chewing on a Hershey all alive and alert, a believer in Technicolor, our uh-huh. own kind of Technicolor, Technicolor in black and white. She watched with her heart She gave me my art Technicolor In
4: black and white
3: Ready, very cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, it makes me cry. <laughs> I think it's my wish fulfillment because I, you know, in New York, I don't know if they have it, had it anywhere else, but we used to have a movie called the Four Thirty Movie, and you'd come home from school and you'd sit down at four thirty. There'd be a movie, mm. and some, and it used to be, I think, all week it would be the same movie. You could see it over and over, again. <laughs> and and I always remember seeing, and they'd be in a ninety-minute slot. With with commercials, so if you saw a musical, they sometimes cut all the musical numbers. <laughs> oh, geez! Just to fit it in, <laughs> oh. and I would. But I remember seeing. I always remember a movie with Leslie Caron called uh, Gabby. Yeah, was yeah, I remember Waterloo that. Waterloo Bridge. Remember that? Yeah. And, I remember that? And that's why I mentioned it in in the in the uh, song. Because it's, it's just a memory for this boy too. Of course you have to remember the show takes place in 1966, so when he's singing about his childhood, like, a few years before, it's really in the early 60s when when they would still have black-and-white TV. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah <laughs> we got yeah, color
1: for a long time. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh,
3: I think we got color in 63, but we were the first on the block. Everybody came to our house to see The Wizard uh, of Oz. You know?
1: Very fancy. No, I had black-and-white <laughs> a long time. and I just I, I, and I, But I imagined. I did the same thing. I just imagined I was seeing... The color, Sure. And uh, we all knew that Lucy had red hair, and it was always in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we knew that. <laughs> y-
3: you know, I honestly, I don't remember ever doing anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if if I did because you were never, it was never anything where, gee, I don't want to watch TV because it's in black and white. We just didn't right. know any better and know any different. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Than- yeah. And it, a lot of the shows were in black and white. They didn't have color for everything.
3: Oh no. Even right. after we had a color T V, it was a it was an event. We watched the news because it was in color.
1: Yeah. <laughs> of course. And
3: a lot of the a lot of the primetime shows still weren't in color for a year or two.
1: That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. It was a big deal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's so that's why I, I I think the song, and it just—it's very moving to sure. to remember about your grandmother and sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. This. And I
4: didn't—I
1: didn't, I didn't have—I didn't have a grandmother like that, so I kind of created her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's—it's. It's, it's, do you? I don't know about you. Don't you put you put a lot of yourself into your characters and your songs?
3: Well, I don't. I don't, you know. I don't do the characters so much. David or uh, other people that uh-huh. I'm working with, I don't do the writing, but. I know for a fact that they will do that.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: they'll put themselves or someone they know, they'll base a character right. around someone they know.
1: Yeah, it's just pieces. Pieces of you wind up getting in. But music, too. Let's face it, music is the emotion.
3: Yeah, when I when I write a song on my own, which isn't very often anymore as far as with lyrics, but, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You And the music itself is... In my case, coming out of my fingers into the instrument of what I'm exactly. feeling,
1: yeah, absolutely, know it better, <laughs> and that, and yeah, I think it was E. Y. Harburg said this. It was so smart. He said, uh, as far as a song, that words make you think a thought, and music makes you feel a thought, and so the, you know, put the whole song together, and you're 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 feeling and thinking at the same time, and that's it's very very true. If yes, you it can, is. If you can get it right, if the words and music sit on each other right, then then you have the emotion and the and it, the thought.
3: That's that that's what I was about to say. It's going to draw out the emotion. It can make you laugh. It can make you cry. Yep. It can yep, make you. It, it can give you a sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can do everything. Music and lyrics can absolutely do everything
1: like that. Oh yeah, I totally agree. And and as the you know you can you can have a scene that's that's ten pages and then suddenly there's a song that uh in three minutes or two minutes can actually be give you everything you possibly need sure get everything yep. impressed. so that's what I'm always going for and i and 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 when because I write book and lyrics i I kind of combine everything as I'm writing it right it feels it's, it's all one piece yes uh, it's 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 great so yeah so that. Black and white ball. There's there's uh, there's something special about that one. I'm really, I would say that one and and my other, the sister show for that that's happening in January. We're, we're doing a concert January 18th at Birdland, and that's Merman. Uh, uh, you still there? So uh, we've talking about Merman's Apprentice, which is coming up January 18th at Birdland. That. It's funny, the black and white ball and Merman's Apprentice were almost kind of developed in my mind at the same time. They're two different composers. Todd Ellison is black and white ball, and David Evans, as opposed to David Crane, (laughs) my other David composer. David Evans wrote Merman's Apprentice with me. And that's another original story, which also what it has in common with the other one is that there's a celebrity and and then a, a fictional story around it so i i think i, I I don't know if you know, but I knew Ethel Merman for the last oh, years of her life. Yeah. Of
3: course, yes. I, I knew that, but I don't know as all our
1: listeners. Right, exactly. Did, you, know, right. you never know who's listening.
3: Yeah, yeah, you never know. We got somebody I, in the Seychelles downloading this thing. So,
1: <laughs> I was really lucky to be her friend in the last years of her life, so I knew the real woman. Yeah. And over the years, I started writing a short story about about the real person who was very bawdy and funny, but also vulnerable and down-to-earth and walked the streets of New York and wasn't afraid of people. And and uh, the story turned out to be about a little girl named Muriel Plackenstein from Brooklyn, New York. All my, all my little characters are from Brooklyn because I am. <laughs> and, and she runs away from home in 1970 to become a Broadway star. And she runs into Ethel Merman, who is rehearsing for Hello Dolly at the St James Theatre, and and they walk down the street together. The kid, the kid is in awe, and 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 Ethel invites her to come in to lunch at Sardi's, and they have lunch, and the kid knows. Everything about her. She, she even sings a song called "All About Ethel." I know all about <laughs> Ethel, and that's enough. And, and so she, Ethel, really likes the kid. She takes it a rehearsal with her, and they, during a break, they sing together. And and David Merrick, the producer of Hello Dolly, overhears them and hears that the kid's really good. And he gets a fantastic idea because he wants to make sure that Dolly becomes the longest-running musical in history. And Ethel won't stay with the show. She has a three-month contract. So he decides he's going to star this 12-year-old girl in the first all-child cast of Hello Dolly. <laughs> oh,
4: okay. And,
1: And Merman takes her under her wing to teach her what it's like to be a star. And they become... And, and Merman who has lost a daughter a few years before and and Muriel who who is also motherless they they bond in interesting ways and it's a very very funny show but also becomes very moving and and they figure out that they, neither of them is looking for Muriel is not looking for a mother she has a father and Ethel is not looking for a daughter and they they just become chums but uh, which is the title of the song that they sing early on and but the kid, the kid, the kid does get to go on on Ethel's opening night in Hello Dolly, which added <laughs> the Hello Dolly number in a little miniature Dolly dress down <laughs> right the stairs, and and we we had to figure out how to write this moment because we weren't going to put Hello Dolly into our show. And so in a brainstorm, it came up with, well, what if we write about while she's doing the number, what she's feeling and what she's thinking? And it became a song called I Really Like It. And it's all about her first time on a Broadway stage and what it feels like. And, and at the same time, behind that, the Hello Dolly number is going on. <laughs> so it's what are you thinking when you're starring in a Broadway show? Okay. And uh, it's, it's I'm so proud of the show. That's, that's a great idea. Her yeah and it's it's crazy yeah <laughs> i'm thrilled I'm thrilled when I come up with original ideas because, like you say, you know, I don't have to deal with the rights like I've had to in the past for other shows. I don't have to spend money, I can just go ahead and write, and, and this one's very original
3: <laughs> and but but visually, it's obvious that it's the hello Dolly song on stage, even yeah. though they're not hearing the music because she's exactly. coming down the stairwell and.
1: Uh, exactly, exactly. Our star of the show, Clea Blackhurst, who plays yes. Merman, who did it for me four times already. She she said that's the reason she's doing the show, to see that little girl come down the stairs in a little dolly dress. Oh. And, and actually when when she comes down, the waiters who were expecting Ethel Merman to come down on opening night, you know, sing turn to her and sing, Holy crap, but who is she? <laughs> yeah. Where'd she come from? <laughs> and then they realize she's really good. <laughs> and the audience likes her. That's... So uh so, that, yeah, that's that's Stephen, that's why so we're so happy to come up with that idea. That is genius, stairs, my friend. Said, she comes down the stairs, and that's the end of the number. It didn't happen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is genius, though. What a great idea.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. And so, what we did because you know, you always have to give your shows a kickstart. We had done a reading, we had done in New York, which was well attended. We did a workshop, we were chosen to be part of. Uh, the Village Theater in Issaquah does the thing every summer mm-hmm. on, on new musicals. We were smashed there. We're waiting. We're waiting. There, there, there's, there's, we're on a short list for them to do the show, please God. Oh, and, so and then uh, we did it in London with Kim Criswell, the wonderful actress, singer over there, who also has a big Merman voice. And that went really well, but we still haven't gotten the production we're waiting for. So we decided we would do it at... Birdland, the famous jazz sure. club here in New York, they do a Monday night series called Broadway at Birdland, and so we did it in June, actually, and sold out really fast. And it was, and it was a spectacular concert. And we did the whole show. We just did it in front of microphones, and and because it, with a six-piece band, we had an or- orchestrator do it. A wonderful woman named Lynn Schenkel, who's also has Allegiance on Broadway now and And it blew the blew the roof off the place. I couldn't have been happier, and we also discovered another a, a young woman to play Muriel Plackenstein, who's thirteen years old, and her name is Elizabeth Teeter. And you may the name may ring a bell because her father is Lara Teeter. Who started on your toes on Broadway was nominated okay. for Tony, and and I didn't know that when I auditioned her. I just saw this kid come in, sing for me, and then when she read dialogue from the show, I said, "Oh my God, this this girl, her acting is so spectacular that she she's going to be the next Meryl Streep." I, I swear it was so real, so great
4: wow. at thirteen,
1: and it it turned out she was on Broadway in the audience with Helen Mirren, and she played young Queen Elizabeth. So she's she's the real deal, we're talking here, who also happens to sing like a dream. So we lucked out there, and then Anita Gillette, uh, the Tony-winning Broadway star, played Ethel's mother, and P.J. Benjamin from, from, from Wicked, and many, many Broadway shows played her father, and Bill Nolte, who had starred... In uh, wrote to my guitar, show, the road to Qatar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> got to play David Merrick, and and it was so it was a just just the fabulous thing. And we decided we would record not live but go into a studio and do the cast album of the concert. and Jay Records, John Yap said yes, and so we. We did. We brought the band in, and we brought the cast, and we recorded in June, and now it's going to come out in January. So that's why Birdland asked us back to do this concert, so that we could... Uh celebrate
4: do a cd <laughs>
1: release CDs. yeah cd release i haven't had a cd release since since the road to guitar <laughs> i'm very happy and they did that too J Records. so it's yeah. nice to have continuity and uh, and that sounds like a million bucks so this is going to be uh amazing and i I've, i i there's a few songs that I love so much in this show and I would say it's funny David Evans and I were listening to one of the songs which I want you to hear called Taking the Veil because he he said to me he said you know I don't know all your songs Stephen but this is probably the best song that either one of us has written and I thought wow because he he wrote you know he wrote Birds of Paradise he's quite Mm -hmm. a good composer and it is it's one of the it's one of the best songs I've ever written Taking the veil. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you a live version of this from Birdland. Okay. Don't let anybody know. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear Clea Blackhurst and the band live. All right. Let's do that.
3: Okay. Sounds good.
6: It's like taking the veil. Eight shows you show without fail. No matter how you may feel, you show, or the show is a failure. It's like taking a vow Eight shows, you show and you bow You give your all, that's the deal No matter what happens to Aaliyah Yes, you give up a lot every day Just to get through each night till you're done To them you're a luminous star But what you are, kid, is a nun you're alert on day one and dead by day four. So, Muriel, oh baby, beware what you pray for. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm happy belting a song. But by Saturday night, your belt starts to tighten, your knuckles get Exit at eleven You say goodnight to Max The crowd's been here since ten And not one has got a pen Still you smile as the mob attacks Oh Miss Mermin, you
3: I just love her voice.
1: Oh, she's so great. A great actress, a great comedian, and a, really just a swell gal. <laughs> just, always fun to be with her. It's funny, I don't see her from, you know, from one production to the next sometimes. and But when we do, it's, it's so delightful. She's so great. She's also, she's going to be starring in a new musical called Hazel. I don't know if you read about that. They did a workshop. Uh, It's the opposite of her playing Ethel Merman. She's that good an actress, and suddenly she's turned into Shirley Booth. (laughs) I
3: I was going to ask if it was based on the old TV show.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I saw a workshop of it here in New York, and it looks like some theater in Chicago is going to do it. So I'm very happy for her, very jealous, because I wanted to do Merman only. (laughs) But... uh, she, she's going to be Hazel. I was very happy when I saw it cause I. And as I said to her, there's not a remnant of Ethel Merman in that performance. She's still brassy and funny, but it's not. It's not the Merman thing. But,
3: so but I could see nice. her as that character as well. Very yeah. easily.
1: Very easily. Totally. Totally. She's. She's. She's the real deal, and waiting to happen too. She's a kind of performer that should be. In the old days, she would have starred in ten Broadway shows already. <laughs> so we're just we're, we're we we got to go fast. Time is fleeting. We got to get Merman's Apprentice on. But she's she's pretty amazing in it, and, and the comedy is uh, just knocks me out. Just knocks, me, and the pathos. She has a song, a ballad in in Merman's Apprentice called Little Bit, which is about her daughter. That was her nickname for Ethel Junior. And it was a troubled relationship. And and Ethel Jr. wound up uh, prematurely dying at 27 Mm. of of a drug overdose, an accident that might have been not an accident. So we wrote this song about her singing to her ashes. And because the first time I went to Ethel Merman's house, the first thing she did was show me the ashes of her parents and her daughter, which she kept in a closet. (laughs) Interesting. In, <laughs> Which could sound creepy and funny, <laughs> but, but at the same time, it was very touching. So that's what I tried to get into this song, a Little Bit. Okay. And um, we can hear it if you want.
3: Yeah, let's listen to it. If you okay. don't mind.
1: No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
6: Little Bit. What a funny name to name you. But it fit. And that's how it had to be Little bit you would yell and cry and though I try to blame you I admit you're a little bit like me We would fight and our fights would not be little Who was right I don't know or you Who's there? Oh, Muriel. I'm sorry, I I couldn't sleep. Yeah, me neither. Whenever I can't sleep, I like to have a little talk with my daughter. I didn't know you had a daughter. Yeah, I did. What's her name? Her name was Ethel, just like me. But I like to call her Little Bit. Did she like that name? I don't think so, but it's stuck. Where is she now? Right here. Oh, I get it. It's like my dad always saying my mom is still right here with us. No, I mean, she's here. These are her ashes. Whoa, and a half. Can I touch them? Yeah, sure. But don't sneeze or nothing. Like a song. That could use a second chorus It was wrong that you had to go away Thank you for letting me hold them. No problem. Did you say your prayers? I'm Jewish. So what? Does it mean you don't pray?
5: Only when we go to shul
6: or at Passover Seder. I went to one of those once. I brought a ham sandwich. You did? Sure! Get hungry. Now go say your prayers and hit the sheets. Good night.
3: People that keep their family's ashes on the mantle above the fireplace. So, oh yeah,
1: oh well, yeah, that, yeah. Well, you know, she also got cremated, and I, I'll tell you an interesting story. Because after Ethel died, I was I was still friendly with her son Bobby, and and he had to close up her apartment and take. It, it was a big auction at Sotheby's, mm-hmm. but he was taking the ashes out. To California with him, where he lived in San Francisco, and he stopped off at my house, and he had he had a flatbed truck, and he said, "I just took mom past Broadway. He oh. just took her ashes riding on Broadway, oh. and uh, that was so sweet. And then oh, he took God. them to California, and now they're back here. They, he gave them to one of Ethel's friends. <laughs> so they have all the ashes. Kind of bizarre, but they're oh. back in New York City somewhere." <laughs>
3: Yeah, I've told my wife to take my ashes and scatter them over uh, a little Platte Lake up in Michigan, where our cottage is. I said, just feed the fish. <laughs> That's the best. That's feed the, feed best. the I, fish. I agree and, with that. Yeah, spread but the ashes, and and
1: but when you, know you want a famous story, you know the famous story about George Kaufman and and Jed Harris. They hated each other. They had a big feud, and and George Kaufman said. You know, I want, when I die, I want to be cremated and have my ashes thrown in Jed Harris's face. <laughs> 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 so i probably have a few of those people, too. <laughs> Broadway, oh. would, Broadway would be nice. You could go up on a roof and spread them down. No one will notice. The no, sight,
3: heck anyway. no. Nobody <laughs> would ever know.
1: And, yeah, and you'd so. still
3: have a place you can go to, to remember.
1: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But let's not die yet.
3: No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> we don't have to do that yet. No, no, no. So, it's... so, so. As far as the CD, you know, I wanted to. I, am I, I, going to uh, let you have a tiny preview. <laughs> okay. There's my favorite song in the show. Is actually the last one we've written so far because you never know there might be another but uh, it's it's a song for Ethel of course and it's called listen to the trumpet call and it's it there was another song in this spot for a long time called nothing is written in stone and it was kind of it was kind of the small world moment in gypsy it was very 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 seductive and sweet and interesting and i we realized that people wanted to hear what What the real Merman might have been like, we, they wanted a big, a big number at this mm-hmm. point. And so she's trying to convince the little girl's father that the little girl would be will be just fine and she should let her he should let her come live with her and mentor her and be and should let her be merman's apprentice and the father's a little leery of course and and ethel just steamrolls him in this song basically saying you yeah, when opportunity knocks you have just got to answer that call and we decided to write our version of Blow Gabriel, blow, really. <laughs> listen to the trumpet call. And I, I, I just want you to really listen to Clea. It sounds like a million bucks. But this band, which is six pieces orchestrated by Lynn Schenkel, you will appreciate this sounds like a band of 15. It's, oh, it's so brassy and full of, full of life and trumpet. And we're, we're very lucky to have this. So this is an early mix. It's gonna sound a million times better, but uh, here's a here's a little a little treat. All right.
6: I don't know, Mo. Am I slow, Mo? Sometimes I have my doubts. I'm not immune to that opportune when that opportunity shouts. I heard it back in 30 when I held that endless note. And now the time is for Muriel. Loud and clear, can you hear? Some say opportunity knocks. Me, I don't agree at all. Knocking's nice, but my advice is listen to the trumpet call. Don't remain inside of a box, summer, winter, spring, and fall. Be astute and hear that too. Listen to the trumpet call. rat tat 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 tat. What it means, I have no clue. For whom the trumpet blows, who knows it blows for you. Living life by punching a clock, something that'll make you small. Show you care and hear that glare.
1: She just knocks. She knocks me out. Uh, we had, we had a. I mean, the, the, she, she has high notes that has come out of somewhere, but uh, yeah, the band is the band knocks me on. So I'm so excited to get the band back at Birdland, so we can blow the place off again.
3: <laughs> you're going to have the same band at Birdland, I'd...
1: yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and they're all Broadway guys. We do it, all, you know. The weird thing is, it's interesting. They do the Monday nights so that Broadway people could right. can do stuff because it's a, an off night for almost every show, right? The, except for Phantom. So we have no one from Phantom in our show, <laughs> but we always have Broadway people. That's their night off. And, right. Uh, pretty exciting uh, to have them in the bands. All you know, they're all pit pit players. They're like the best of uh, the best of Broadway. That's cool. So, very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I
3: I have never been able to get to one of those, uh, but I've not been able to could. make it to Birdland yet. I... I
1: know January's not an easy time to get up here, but boy, I wish <laughs> you could be there. <laughs> January eighteenth. Um, January eighteenth. Think about it. Oh, I, I I will. I think about it, but but yeah, it and we have we're just about to announce it again. And last time it sold out really fast, so I'm hoping uh, it will again. It's always nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if there's one empty seat, I blame myself. I'm going to London next week, so that'll, uh, that'll be fun. I'm going to see about a few days of uh, peddling some shows, but mostly just go see shows.
3: Are that'll, you going to uh, see Katie?
1: Yes, I, I'm definitely going to see Katie, our friend. She's the one who produced not only Road to Qatar and uh and Mermaid's Apprentice, but then she took Road to Qatar to uh, Edinburgh, which yes. is so so special. Yes. I have a I have a strange little possibility. I I'm thinking I would like to do my one-man version of it in Edinburgh. We'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I I think I'm getting the uh, performing itch a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> that and, then, and then I'll say I'm tired. Why am I doing this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, we'll we it, but I love doing stand-up, and uh, it's kind of—it's a great show. I've been doing—I've been doing it for these Rhodes Scholar groups in New York for years, and just getting huge laughs. And I think if I could, if I could make uh, a bunch of older people laugh. I can make anybody laugh. <laughs>
3: well, Katie Katie Lipson is doing awesome things for new musicals oh,
1: okay. in london Fabulous. and i want to i just want to be part of it again yeah. yeah i mean this is the first year because she's done that festival but now it's the third year and we did two in a row and it was very exciting but this year she's concentrating on british musicals yes. more than yes. the american ones so we, we have to find something like that here <laughs> but she's 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 amazing absolutely yeah. a lot of energy that girl absolutely <laughs> you know, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to have her over to our hotel and have a cocktail and see what we can concoct.
3: <laughs> exactly. Concocting so really... cocktails.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We. It'll be the same hotel we stayed at when I first met her, and I had her over there. With, for a cocktail and we concocted a lot. <laughs> it's, <good. laughs> it's always good in a, in a fancy hotel in London, everything seems better.
3: <laughs> a fancy Life hotel anywhere, but in London. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. It's, you know, it's like when people come to New York, I understand how they feel because I, I'm a native New Yorker. So it's like, ah, eh, New York. Who cares? But you come here and it's it's very exciting. It's the feeling I get when I go to London.
3: Yeah. And uh, hopefully next week the weather will cooperate with you. Yeah. So you're going to be there like over Thanksgiving. Uh,
1: yeah. No, we're going to have th- have no Thanksgiving. I like to do that. We go to London and skip it. Skip it. Absolutely. Just skip it and go. Let's we're going to some... go see Gypsy instead. Awesome. <laughs>
3: Awesome. <laughs> yep, that absolutely. sounds pretty
1: good. Absolutely. I was just uh, sent off a bunch of stuff from Saturday Night at Singers to a theater in Florida, and suddenly I, I fell in love with that again. That's also Clay Richardson, Night of the Hunter, and yes. So it's I like, oh, I want to do that show. <laughs> 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 so we, yeah. we'll see. But I, I'm concentrating on the new ones more than anything.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, and. And we need to get together to do another catch-up episode of uh, of shows you're seeing in New York, and keep us updated yeah, on we that. We'll do need to that. Do...
1: It's a very interesting. I, I mean, I I would say it's very interesting here. You know, we have the 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 best musical I've seen. Just to give you a little preview of recent, very recent, besides Fun Home, which I loved. Was another show from the public, which is down at the public, and it's not the one you think I'm going to say, but it's it's a first daughter's suite, and I I was so pleasantly surprised to see that it's it's a sequel sort of to best first wives suite, John Michael LaCusa. Mm-hmm. and and it was so beautifully done and and had literally the greatest performance I've seen in a long time by Mary Testa playing Barbara Bush,
4: oh. <laughs>
1: and, and I mean. It was, it was wonderful. It was th- four little chamber operas, and I just thought it was impeccably done.
3: Well, we so have to touch that's, base. That's the
1: one. We'll talk more about yeah, that. Yeah, we have to touch the base theater.
3: and do that.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe maybe okay. after you
3: get back from uh, London.
1: <laughs> yeah, because then I could tell you about Gypsy. Exactly. 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 <laughs> And yeah. we're going to see a new musical there at the National called Wonderland, which is not the same Wonderland, but uh-huh. yet another <laughs> Alice in Wonderland musical. So we'll okay. see what that's like. So everything, As I said, everything's better in London. Whenever you go see a show there, I go, I loved it.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. What's wrong with the West End? No doubt.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All righty. Well, <laughs> say
3: hello to Katie for us.
1: I sure will. I sure will. It's a small family we have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's let's do let's do the other where I'll sit down with a cup of coffee and tell you all about all, all the shows in New York that I like and hate. <laughs>
3: uh, I, I look forward to it. Let's stay in touch.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: All right. Okay. All right, bye. sir. Bye. Safe travels. Bye bye. <laughs>
6: Number. Yeah. Okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, all right. How about we lock up-
3: At the end, you just heard Elizabeth Teeter singing a bit of the title song for Merman's Apprentice. Incredible talent at such a young age. We will be seeing more of Elizabeth, I'm sure. And speaking of young talent, be sure to go to our show notes at www.musicalworld.us and take a look at Ariana Burke's singing One Night from the Black and White Ball on Chicago ABC TV's Windy City Live Show. A load of talent there as well. We're going to be hearing more from Thanks for listening. Stay subscribed. And tell a
1: friend about Musical World.
3: And go out and see a new musical.
1: Blueberry. This podcast is a member of the Blueberry Network.
2: Blueberry. No East. That's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, dot Blueberry.com.